Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. Are you gonna put your podcast voice on right now? <laughs> I, I don't have a podcast. <laughs> I just have like an introduction, so I'm just like, "Welcome to the Crazy <laughs> Podcast with my wonderful guest, Mike." It's like oh, all the way in Mexico. How are you? <laughs> I am well. Are we? Are we in this? Was that your podcast? Yes, this is this. We're in. Oh, okay, it's like, go we are in. <laughs> So anyway, that's well, let, well, introduce the people, introduce yourself to the people, who you are, who do you serve, and why it's important yeah. to you. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I like that podcast voice right there. This is my <laughs> podcast voice. Hey, everyone. My name is Mike Sagoon. This is Cool Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Late night cool jazz with Mike Sagoon. No, just kidding. Um, hey, everyone. My name is Mike Sagoon. I am a men's coach. Uh, I am formerly uh, from the Bay Area, Bay Area native, Oakland, California. Now live in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, with my husband uh, Jerry and our pit bull rescue uh, Bert. I am a somatic men's coach, which basically means um, I help guys get out of their heads and into their bodies. Uh, my approach to coaching and working with men is really about coming into the bodies to uh, listen or relearn. Um, what our bodies need so that we can create action in our lives um, and unleash and unearth the things that have been holding us back. Um, I'm so, so grateful to be here with you, Jimmy. Um, thank you for this opportunity. I'm so excited. It's already been a fun few minutes here. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what this next next hour is going to look like for us. I know. It's like you and another guy um, I met off of Instagram. Um, I just did his live show uh with i didn't realize it was like a whole audience like right there i'm like looking at them and i was like wow we this has been three years in the making up you've been in my podcast three times now i'm like in his group and now he wants me to like come and be a speaker and i was like oh okay you know <laughs> so it's been like the same almost with you like yeah i i don't know how i even found you i just i think i just wrote you and we started talking then we did a Zoom. You're like, hey, come to, you know, every man. So what is every man? And also talk about like, you know, I really love this out uh, the thing about like getting out of your head into your bodies because a lot of men don't really understand why that is important. Um, why is getting out of your head? Because Tony Robbins has this thing. He says, in your head, you're dead. And so, mm. you know. What does that mean to you and why is it important to get out of your head and into your body? Yeah, so Everyman is a men's wellness organization. Um, we mostly facilitate or help guys start men's groups. Uh, when pre-pandemic, we were hosting um, up to 10 to 15 retreats, in-person retreats a year. Um, and then we, were, we had guys come together in their communities for a weekly men's group. Um, since the pandemic though, we are um, primarily a virtual 
uh, organization where we host different events like dropping groups or global community calls, we call them, where we bring in experts from different fields to talk about uh, what they are passionate about. Um, and so we are an organization that helps men slow down, open up and connect with each other. Um, let me just take a deep breath. We're just practicing here. See, the, the, the foundation of our work is really about slowing Slow down, down. Yeah. and uh, coming back into our bodies. And, um, and this is important, right? So let me just preface this with, we have to be in our heads because we have responsibilities. We are irresponsible. We have families to take care of. We have to make money. We have bills to pay. We have conversations that need to be had. We have tasks that need to be done. And so we have to use our logical brain to problem solve. Mm -hmm. However, that can get us in a way from actually healing ourselves and from getting to a place of satisfaction. And this is where our body comes in. Um, our work is based in a somatic approach, which basically means coming back into the body. And some of the, the there's way more data now uh, around this bottom-up approach to healing rather than the top-down approach. Um, historically, in therapy, it was about, you know, let's look at what's going on in your life and then let's analyze it, let's break it apart, let's dissect it, and then let's create some action around it so you can do something different. Um, but for trauma survivors, that, is, that doesn't always work. What is scientifically proven, what has worked through Peter Levine, Dr. Peter Levine, or Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's work, that when we go from the bottom and we tap into our body first and we start to feel in our body what's happening in our body, along with the emotions, the sensations, the tensions, all of that stuff that's happening in our body, that this is a gateway for us to start healing process, especially for those of us. That, and so uh, this is important because we can live our life not thinking about our body. We can go, we can live our entire life um, thinking our way through things, problem solving our way through things. And sometimes that isn't appropriate. Sometimes that's not important. And I common, I, I think we hear this often um, in heterosexual couples where um, the female partner has something to share and the male partner goes into fix mode. Oh, I have a solution for that. Oh, so <laughs> why aren't you doing men. this? <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm guilty of that too, right? Like I know the answer. This is how I've done it in my life. So this is what you need to do. Let me prescribe you with what I've done in my life. And what we do at Every Man and what we do, uh, what I do with the, the men that I work with um, personally and one-on-one -on -one clients is uh, we don't problem solve. We just allow them to just be. We experience what it's like to just feel into our bodies. We're not here to fix you. We're not here to solve your problems. We're just here to share the space with you and to guide you and help you go to get to a place of resonance, get to a place of satisfaction and fulfillment. And I think once we start to unlock and um, unearth these parts of our bodies that we haven't ever given ourselves an opportunity to feel, we then start to feel the joy in our lives. Not saying that we're, gonna, we're not gonna feel pain through it because we probably will feel the pain that comes up when we open ourselves up, but that's part of the healing process. 
in order for us to feel the joy, the excitement, the love, the ecstasy in our lives, we also have to feel the pain, the guilt, the shame in our lives as well. It's so funny you say that. Like, um, I, I was just writing a post um, about, um, uh, and it's, it's basically said, hey, brother, I know you've been taught not to feel your emotions, but it's okay. You can mm. let go now. You can feel those things. Um, mm. And I had a friend of mine who's done a lot of work on himself, and he used to say this thing to me. He's gay, he's a gay man, very successful, and very, very in tune with who he is as a man and emotions and everything. And um, he used to say like, give me this mantra. He's like, I am joy, I'm love, I'm in light. I used to say it, but then I was stuck and I was like, I don't think I know what joy feels like. Like mm. I didn't know in my body, <laughs> I was like, what does that? feel like and some and so many men walk around like that because I was you know and I, as I was writing this post like I, and I was doing some research last night too of how many so many years as boys were taught to not do this suck it up close up tough it out take it be a man <laughs> you know and that's like you know 40 30 whatever how old you are years of conditioning not feeling all those emotions and so it was it wasn't until last year i started to explore well, what does joy actually feel like how do i recognize it like here i am talking about joy but what does that really feel like to me can yeah. i can i create it and not rely on somebody to give it to me yeah. and that was like oh i can i can create my own joy because so many people in relationships rely on others to give joy to give love yeah. to give those things so i really love like you know you're talking about getting into the body and so you know i know one of the things i wanted to ask you like how does that how does getting into your body help you heal mm -hmm. so when we look at trauma research um and we look at um, what happens in our body is when we are in survival, when we feel a trauma, um, we either go into a fight or flight. But if we can't, if we can't fight or if we can't leave, then we freeze. And if we don't allow ourselves to cycle through the emotions that come up with the, this trauma, <clears throat> excuse me, such as fear, right, or being sad, then that that incomplete emotion gets stuck in our body and it gets manifested in different ways. And that manifestation can be an expression of toxicity. It can look different for so many people. Uh, but let's say for instance, it's fear and we freeze and we don't allow ourselves and we get immobile and we don't allow ourselves to move through it. Then we can just feel stuck in our lives and we can feel frozen in our lives. And so when we are in relationship with a person, someone that we care deeply about, and we get triggered by something that they say, and, it, and our body sees that, or it's, it takes that in, takes that information in, and we go, oh shit, this is like what happened when I was a kid, when yeah. my dad was yelling at me because I didn't take out the trash. And then he hit me because I didn't take out the trash. And your body, 
it's like okay this is similar so now you freeze oh and then we've, we're frozen in relationships and so it's important that we come back into the body it's important that we feel into our body so that we can start the healing process of so many of these uppercase traumas and also these lowercase traumas in our lives that happen to so many of us what does that mean uppercase and lowercase traumas uppercase trauma is like a severe natural disaster that happens it's mm. like being a survivor of rape it is like um being um uh, a survivor of domestic abuse um so these like really big traumatic events right the uppercase trauma is like surviving um an animal attack right um a car crash um lowercase trauma is like um i was never physically abused but my mom would call me a piece of shit when i was a kid right i wasn't emotionally safe in this um i wasn't sexually abused but i was um uh i was told that i was unsexy or that i was um i was ugly when i was a kid i was bullied when i was a kid right these can be like lower case traumas um and so uh, there's a there's a difference between the severity and how it stays in your body and like how much healing that needs to happen with it uh but the reality is is we all suffer through lowercase trauma sometime in our life and many of us suffer or have and survive through uppercase traumas these really big catastrophic events that happen in our lives you gave an example like something that you've had to go into your body or to release like how did you even start to do how yeah. do you even start your own process of yeah dealing with that releasing and healing Yeah so I've there've been many many like um what would I call it like a come to Jesus moment or like the <laughs> rock bottom rock bottom moment in my life you know there's there's been a lot of moments where I've suffered through trauma um I'm a sexual abuse survivor uh and I was sexually abused by someone that was very close to me and um and it happened over a period of time it wasn't just one isolated incident that happened over a period of time and um as a young gay man being sexually abused by an older male adult not adult but another male in my life um was very traumatizing for me because it was a conflict of my identity plus i was being raised in a christian church that told me homosexuality was a sin and so i had all these competing conflicting parts where i was closeted i knew that I was gay and I was also sexual abuse survivor and I was also b- being fed messages that I was a sinner. And so that was very traumatic for me. Yeah, after the same my adolescence. You know? And so um it really came down to me coming out. That's where <clears> I just like that that was my come to Jesus mom. I at the time I couldn't say that I was proud. but I was filled with regret but it was an opportunity for me to start healing these wounds inside of me and that was oh my god it was like years of journeying and healing through mm. that process um but what the the first step for me was being coming aware of the trauma that I had it was being up coming aware that oh yeah that was sexual abuse that just wasn't like experimenting that was that was real sexual abuse um and it also acknowledging that um wow like i had a lot of competing ideas of what it meant to be a person a human being because of my church um and so it was acknowledging it becoming aware of it and then throughout the process and i'm not saying that this came immediately but it was the acceptance of it yeah. accepting 
that I was sexually abused, accepting that I was traumatized by my church, accepting that I'm gay. Um, and, and then from there, I can then allow, I then started to allow myself to heal and to start to look at these different parts that were, that were holding me back, that were, um, care, that I was carrying around with me, you know? There's a lot of talk around, um, I don't know what the correct term is, but about like sort of religious shame um, or being traumatized, especially Mm -hmm. as a a gay man um, told that you're a sinner and all those things that come with growing up in a Christian church. And, you know, I talked to a, a woman, even though she's not gay, but she talked about her own journey of like, she she had to like be the woman who had to come home and clean and cook. She didn't know how to speak, and that's what the church was telling her that she needed to do. That she needed to get married, and she ended up getting mm-hmm. married. This recommended this man who abused her in a relationship, and she knew that she she knew that she didn't want to be in this relationship with her her religious uh, surroundings. Was saying, well, no, this is a good man for you. Telling her this is the man you should be mm-hmm. marrying. And, you know, and I, as you were speaking, yeah, like I, I can relate to how you, that whole religious trauma of actually holds you back as an adult because I didn't want to put myself out there or to think that I deserve love because mm. of that, that ish, that, that thing. Because if, if I was in a relationship nobody would accept me. Um, And because it was also, I realized too that I had to accept me first, exactly what you were saying in order to be in a relation, a healthy relationship. And, and I didn't realize that I didn't accept myself as a gay man. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm out, you know, but I don't think a lot of gay men are aware of that, that those moments are, in fact, traumatizing in, in our bodies as well. Yeah. So I'm curious of like, how can other men... And and this like, and and that can show up... Go ahead, sorry, my my internet is unstable here, and so it's it's cutting in and out. Go ahead, brother, I cut you off. No, it's okay, but I was just wondering like, from your experience, if there are other men, I know there's both gay and straight men listening to this, but how does something like that hold you back in relationships or in your job when facing with like religion identity? Because I know it keeps people from even picking a partner based Mm -hmm. off of what type of religion that you are. So how does that also show up and how can that be traumatized? How, How can people recognize that it is uh sort of a trauma yeah i mean you know if i think you might do work with like codependency yeah yeah. like you know (laughs) it's like that's the first thing that pops up for me is like how do you have codependent behaviors with your partner are you can you be completely independent from your partner and be completely satisfied can you feel joy and satisfaction and fulfillment in your life without your partner yeah right and so I think it's a really if if we if we find ourselves in a partnership and we notice that oh my gosh like 
I need this person to satisfy X, Y, and Z in my life, then you probably have a codependent behavior, a codependent relationship with this person. And that probably stems from being traumatized as a young person. Mm. That probably stems from um, either learning it from your parents or learning it from the adults in your life or being in other relationships where that was acceptable, where that was common. Um, and so it's like, we have to start to look at and really honor our history. We have to start to look at these different parts of our lives and these different moments of our lives and honor them because every single moment that we've had in our life is an opportunity to learn something about ourselves. And um, when we give ourselves the, when we give ourselves permission to look at these, um, these traumas in our life and we accept them, And then we also, on top of that, forgive, right? We forgive the person that inflicted this this pain on us, this harm on us, uh, ourselves in this current relationship. And so, and and I love this word forgiveness because forgiveness doesn't mean means accepting that the past happened. That's it. That this happened to me. That yes, I accept that I was sexually abused when I was a kid and I forgive you for it. Am I forgetting it? Fuck no, I'm not forgetting that. (laughs) But I'm accepting it. And that's all I need in order for me to start to develop and start to create the life that I want without any of these blocks or playing the victim mode of like blaming. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's it's about taking responsibility. No, (laughs) it's about taking responsibility. Hell no. You know, so... I think you're 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 new to Clubhouse, and I see so many rooms, these victimization rooms. I'm, I'm like I'm basically collecting stories. I'm calling them the wounded conversations, and these men and women blaming each other. Who should be the man? Who should be the woman? It doesn't really get anywhere. And I'm not sure why they're having these conversations. <laughs> uh, I always go back to I'm going to mess this quote up by Mother Teresa when they were like, well, we need you to talk about war. She said, well, I don't want to be a part of a war conversation. I want to be about peace. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be about the healing conversation, which is why we're having this podcast together. Yeah. Be a part of the healing conversation. How do we heal as men, whether you're gay or straight, on that journey? Like, how do you start? Um, and I love something that you said. I'm curious, how did you come to it um, when we're talking about codependency, but it, you, you said a specific word he was like you i had somebody say this to me he was like i don't need you i want you so how did you come to that term of like separating yourself from needing someone instead of going to i i want to be with you because i want to be with you not because Mm -hmm. i need to be with you Mm -hmm. i think there's there i mean that's so layered there (laughs) 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 um um, but really, it's like, I think what it really comes down to is just owning who I am as a person, right? And being very clear about who I am and what I stand for, my values and what I love and what my hell yeses are in my life, what my full body yeses are and what my no's are. Like, it, it is really about me understanding who I am as a person, um, not how I show up in this world, but how I show up for myself yeah. and how I show up in this relationship. and. Um, there's, I think we have a, people can get into this trap of like, 
um, needing this, I need this, I need this, I need this in my life, I will, or, um, and there's always like this chase of like, if I get this thing, then I'm going to feel different. If I get this thing, then I'm going to um, feel more satisfied and fulfilled in my life. But satisfaction fulfillment comes within the most yeah. chaotic. We can still be satisfied and fulfilled in our life. And it's when we can feel that satisfaction within ourselves that that's when we stop needing other people to fulfill something for us. And so when the, I, I believe that when we, we can feel satisfied in our life and we can feel fulfilled in our life when we are present right here in this moment, I can feel present. And the way that we get present in our lives is by tapping into our breath and coming back into our bodies. Yeah. Our bodies don't live in the future or the past. Our bodies are living right now in this moment. And so if we can tap into that, more often then we can get a clearer sense of who we are as people in this world who we who the capital s self is right, <laughs> now, right. capital s lowercase self now um but but so i mean it's it is really just owning and i and, and and owning ourselves but also being responsible for ourselves having yeah. full responsibility for who we are as people in this world um, and that's going to bring us satisfaction in our yeah. lives. And and when that satisfaction is there, then we don't need anything. Right. We already have everything that we need. I love what you're saying. Uh, you remind me of this book um, it's called There's Nothing Wrong With You. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like... Yeah. The slowing down. And it took me... It took an injury for me to slow down. Like, uh-huh. I, I remember I was sharing this in this sort of, I guess, BNI group and uh, they were asked to share something, I don't know, personal, I don't know why this came up for me, but uh, I was training for a Spartan race and I was in this CrossFit gym and I heard a pop in my back. And next day I was like, I could barely walk in excruciating pain. And, you know, you said this question early, but I asked this question to myself often. It's like, what is this here to teach me? Uh Like, and that word, that phrase, slow down. Uh And I was like, oh my God, like I'm like trying to force myself to be in tip top shape, trying to force myself to be in a relationship, trying to force my career to go and do and this and that. Like I'm actually missing moments all around me i'm like missing moments with my friends my family because i'm trying to pursue pursue and i'm like missing my own growth as i you know i'm sure as you get older you're like you're missing what your bot my body is going through as a man like i'm like i need to feel what's happening to me so i can honor what's happening to me and honor what i need to do to heal myself with me you know so that slowing down um I actually have it written on like a piece of paper, <laughs> like just to remind myself to slow down. How, how do you keep yourself reminded? Cause I know, you know, as a, a entrepreneur yourself, like how do you manage to remind yourself to slow down when you yourself is pursuing your own career, yeah. you're managing clients, stuff like that. How do you slow down? Yeah, so um, I had a big wake up call. Um, in October of last year, I was running um, a business that I started called The Unshakable Man. 
um, with a friend, Chris Wilson. And I was just at this place where I just felt like I was just going, 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 going. And um, I started to impact my mental health. Um, I wasn't showing up for myself. I wasn't showing up for my husband. Um, and I just had this big wake up call of like, Mike, you need to slow the fuck down. Slow down. And it was my intuition that was like, you are, your body right now is like in flight mode. You're constantly going, 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 going. Um, and it was impacting my thoughts. I was like, the inner critic was just so strong. Like, mm. you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not worthy. You're not worthy. You're not enough. You're not worthy. Um, in, in all its sneaky ways that it tries to infiltrate my mind. And so it, it was a huge opportunity for me to, to take a step back and look at my life and make some changes. And so I decided to leave the company um, that I started, um, which was everything that I needed for my life because it then woke me up to my 2021 mantra, which is slow and calm. This mm. is my mantra for this year. It is slow and calm. It is not create. It is not develop. It is slow and calm. And so um, I've really honored my morning ritual practice. Um, yeah. And I've really honored it with my husband. And my husband and I do it together. We, we, we meditate together. Um, we have our own separate journaling moments on our time. And then we come together and then we... We meditate together and then we go off and do our, we finish out our morning ritual. Um, but it's an opportunity to just remind myself, um, slow and calm, be slow and calm today. Um, but also, uh, I also similar to you, um, my house is a mess right now, but I have somewhere <laughs> written down calm. Uh, it's just a big piece of paper that says calm. Um, and so these are, it's just constant reminders, but also on top of that, our body, my body tells me when I need to be slow and calm in my life. Mm. When I'm feeling fidgety, when I'm feeling restless, when I'm feeling uh, anxious, it's an opportunity for me to take a deep breath and ask myself, what is this here to teach me? Yes. And, <laughs> and normally it is, Mike, you just need to take some deep breaths right now. Take a few deep breaths. <laughs> and so I have these different practices in my life. I have an evening ritual too. Um, where I, you know, after work, because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm like, go, 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 go from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's like, I'm on calls, I'm coaching, I'm uh, marketing, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And so um, at the end of my workday, I have a ritual that gets me back grounded into the earth. Um, and it helps me call my energy back in, but it also helps me take intentional deep breaths. Um, and so, uh, and then also my husband and I, right before dinner, it's like our equivalent to, I'm saying grace. We take several deep breaths together and then we say what we're grateful for. And so it's like, it's an opportunity again to slow down. And so I have all these opportunities in my day to slow down because I do get up in my head often. I am up in my head often. I have to be because I'm an entrepreneur and I have um, a business to sustain. Um, but I have all these different practices that help me center, help me get grounded. Um, I, I love everything you're saying. I want to say, we're, we're, I'm surprised how much similar we are. My two words are ease and grace. Mm. <laughs> I have to give yeah. myself some grace out here yeah. because I can be hard on myself. Yeah. Um, before we got this, I'm curious about your evening routine because I 
I stumbled upon an evening routine, which is total fluke. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Uh, on Netflix, they have this new meditation series with um, Headspace. And um, oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. And so I was like, like, like exactly what you're saying, doing what, going through the motions, planning, calling, making connections, all the do's that you do. I was doing it, and I was like my brain feels overloaded and mm-hmm. I feel restless. And so a lot of people want uses TV to calm down. I was like, I don't want to watch, be, watch something I need to focus on. I don't want to focus on anything right now. So I just, you know, turn on the little meditation thing. It was like giving you eight different types of meditations, eight is eight different series, eight different meditations. And at what, it's the first 10 minutes of a talk and then meditation I just did it by a fluke and I was so surprised of how calm and grounded I mm. felt and more accomplished I allowed myself to feel the accomplishment of the day by doing that meditation mm-hmm. I'm curious of like what is your after your nine to five how do you what is your evening routine to get mm-hmm. grounded because I don't think most people to have a day routine, uh, morning routine. Not many people have an evening routine. So what is your evening routine? Yeah. So I first go over my to-do list and cross out everything that I did over the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I hadn't already planned my next day, then I'll think of what is the most important thing for me to do tomorrow. Um, and I'll write that down on my whiteboard. Um, and then I go into my computer and I look at just last minute emails. If there's anything that I need to respond to, mm-hmm. And then this is what I do that I love that most people don't do. I close out all my tabs, close it all out, wipe out you all do? my screens, close out all, yeah, close it all out, <laughs> close out all my apps, quit all of them. I got. And then it. I turn off my computer. Yes, because because and I do that because what happens? It's 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 similar to like the first thing people do in the morning when they wake up is check their phone and go into Instagram, right? You're bombarded with information. You're, you're like bombarded with consuming. And so the first thing that I do when I open my computer is I don't want to see all these tabs open, all these apps open. That's so me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 yo, brother, like check, see, see what would happen. Notice a shift in your life. If you just decided to like, let me just close my tabs out today. And then okay, see what I'm it feels done. like tomorrow, right? And if I have my laptop open, I'll close my laptop and then I will straighten up my workspace. I will like, I will put things in order, like almost, o- I'm not OCD, but I will get it to a place where I want, because what I want is when I walk into my office, I want to be calm when mm. I walk into my office. When I walk into my space, I don't want to be bombarded with clutter. I want to feel like I'm organized and I'm, I'm starting my work day. Um, calm and easy and so i organize my workspace i wipe down my table um and then i also have a a, on my whiteboard i have um, a blanket that i use to cover it or a sheet Mm -hmm. and so i will cover my whiteboard uh, just as an evening practice so basically i close out all my work right Mm -hmm. i like i'm not i let it i don't want to i don't want it to be seen when i start my work day i want to come to it I don't want my work to come to me. I want to like approach it with common ease. Um, and then I meditate and I do a evening ritual meditation, which usually is um, I get myself grounded. 
um, and then I call back my energy. So I visualize in my head the different conversations that I had, the different activities that I had, um, and you know we do a lot of healing work with people, and so we're giving a lot of energy, right? We're giving a yes. lot of ourselves to people, and so it's important for me to call back that energy, to say thank you. Thank you for taking that. Now I'm calling it back in. Now it's back to me, and I do that with every single conversation that I have in my wow. day. Um, and then, and then I send gratitude to myself. I put hand on stomach, hand on heart, take a few deep breaths, and I end it with some gratitude practices.、Um, and then I start my evening with my husband, and I,、um, that's my evening ritual. I think I'm stealing some of that because I really love that. Because I get you. Although I love what I do, what I do, I do. Even when I'm creating content, I feel extremely drained. Like I've been giving myself so much、mm-hmm. to it, and I exactly what you said. But you said, how can I call that back、mm-hmm. to like、right. to feel whole? I guess whole or full again. So I really appreciate、right. you saying that. Right, and and you know, and I think it's especially important for us that are in this healing space, this coaching or therapy space, to、um, one honor the energy that you give out because it's valuable,、mm-hmm. but also know that 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 energy is yours, and that you helped your client or the person you're working with take on some of your energy, but now it's their opportunity. To feel the energy themselves, take the energy themselves, and develop their own energy,、yeah. and so it's important for us to call it back in because if we're if we constantly give, 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 then we're just depleting ourselves. Yeah,、and、that's how we tune out in work. That's how we、um, that's how we get exhausted from work. That's how we feel burnout from work.、Um, and for some of you that might like be like, yo, that's that's a woo woo shit. What the fuck are you talking about? Calling back your energy? Like, let's just give it a try. See what happens when you allow yourself to get grounded, and you revisit your day and the conversations you have, and all you say is just simply, "Thank you." I call back my energy. Notice、mm. what that does for you. And I learned that from my soul sister Moonchola. That's her Instagram handle, Blanca Espinosa.、Um, she's a tarot card reader,、um, but she gave me this evening ritual during a tarot card reading, and she was like, "You need to call back your energy because you are exhausted." Yeah. You are tired, and it is causing you to feel、um, uh, ungrounded in your work. It, it's causing you to feel distracted in your work, and so call your energy back in.、Uh, and so I really, really started to honor that in myself. I, and I really love that you shared that because I can see how not calling that back can can affect your relationship with your husband. Because now,、totally. because if you don't, you have nothing to give him. Or、mm-hmm. share with him, and it can and it can affect the relationship. Sorry, yeah, you sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it. What's important to me is that my husband feels like I'm present with him. Yeah. And if I don't feel present in myself, and I feel exhausted in, in myself or with my body,、uh, then how can I be present with my husband? That impacts、yeah. our relationship. Yeah. I so appreciate you being here.、Uh, so before you go. I have a few questions, little quick questions to ask.、Um, yeah, are、uh, these rapid fire questions? Yeah, I'm, I'm making one up right now to to ask you. So, first question: 
How can one start their journey to heal? How can men start their journey to heal? Ooh, breathe, my brothers. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Your breath is a tool. And we've known this for centuries. It's not new that our breath can heal us. And so let's just see what, what could happen if you started to just take intentional breaths throughout your day. Yeah. Notice what it feels like for you just to take one huge deep breath right now and notice how that impacts your mood and impacts your body. I think I know what you're going to say to the next question, but we'll see. How do you disrupt yourself, your patterns and that that critic in your head? How do you disrupt that and get back to the one other than breathing? <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, breathe again, come back. Breathe um, again, bitch. But, but with it, but, but along those lines, though, it, it does have to do with the breath, but also come back to the body. Um, because the body is always present. The body is always here. And so if you notice yourself in anxious thoughts, anxiety lives in the future. It's like thinking about the future. Or if you're thinking about um, the shoulda, coulda, would as I've done or, or in the past. Basically, if you find yourself in story, if you find yourself in judgment, if you find yourself in the inner critic or the judgments, um, come back to your body. Let's just start with what if you, what would it be like for you to just notice your heartbeat? Yeah. Right? And just focus your awareness on your heartbeat. What would it be like for you to just focus your awareness on your stomach and your gut and bring yourself back here in this moment? And then what will naturally happen is your mind might go off into another judgment of like, this is stupid. Mike Sagoon is so dumb for telling me this. All I urge you is I encourage you just to come back to your stomach. Yeah. Just come back. And that's going to help you build the skill and the strength to notice when those thoughts come up so that you can come back to what's really valuable in your life, which is creating action and doing things that are important to you. Okay. And I always say the, sh the shoulda, woulda, coulda roads is a dead end road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what does a juicy love life mean to you? What does it look Juicy like? love life. Mm. A juicy love life to me feels like you can be in relationship with anyone uh, and it feels authentic and it feels natural and it feels intimate it feels fulfilling it feels nourishing it feels juicy um, <laughs> and it and um and actually that reminds me of a song uh actually an excerpt that blood orange put out in one of his albums and it was an excerpt of this woman that's talking about what friendship means to her and she talks about friendship being your chosen family that you choose the people that you want to surround yourself with. And this is a privilege because we get to choose the people we want to be around with and we get to show up authentically. Mm. And that is what I feel like a juicy love life is because I also believe that we can have intimacy, not just with our romantic partners, but with the people that we love, the people that we surround ourselves with. Yeah. And um, so that's a that's a juicy love life. Yes. Yes. And how can people find you online? Um, do you have anything got going on that you want to share, promote? Yeah. So um, let's see here. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I spend a lot of time on Instagram, but also on Clubhouse. Same handle, Mike.Sagoon, S-A-G-U-N. Uh, my website is www.mikesagoon.com. If you want to set up an intro call with me, just head to my website. 
Um, I do a lot of work with every man, which I talked about earlier on this call. Uh, and so if you identify as male and you want to experience what it likes, what it's like to be in community with other like-minded men, um, come check out our work. We have workshops all the time. Um, we have courses. I'm teaching a course starting next Monday called Fundamentals. And it's the fundamentals of um, basically getting into your emotions and learning about our emotions and how they impact us. And so if you are curious about men's work, you're curious about emotional awareness, come check me out at mikesagoon.com or at mike.sagoon and check us out at everyman.com. I really appreciate you be, being here. And I, you know, just acknowledge, want to acknowledge you for the work that you do and share and, and an example of, of what it is to be a wholehearted, emotionally intelligent, mm. beautiful man, you know? So thank you mm. for sharing yourself. And thank you for this opportunity. It's been so much fun. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.